Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. The situation in the Gaza Strip is dire. Yet during the active war and even amidst live media updates posted to websites and social media, it can be hard to grasp what's happening in a place on the other side of the world. For perspective, the Gaza Strip, located between Israel and Egypt, is an area of about only 140 square miles. That's roughly equal to Wildwood, Chesterfield, Maryland Heights, and Hazelwood put together. The combined population of those four municipalities in St. Louis County is about 132,000 people. But Gaza's population is much bigger. More than two million people lived in its cities, which now lie in ruins. The United Nations estimated this week that 85% of those residents have been displaced. A great many are children, including those who require serious medical attention. To gain insight into what it's like for the people of Gaza, especially its children in this time of war, I talked with St. Louisan Linda Badran earlier this month. Badran is the co-founder of the local chapter of the Palestine Children's Relief Fund, or PCRF. Founded in 1991, the U.S.-based humanitarian nonprofit provides Palestinian children with medical care. The St. Louis chapter is part of a volunteer network of 22 chapters worldwide. In 2013 and 2016, Linda hosted two Palestinian children, Hadil and Bara, at her home in St. Louis through PCRF. They'd come to the U.S. for medical treatment. I started by asking Linda what she and her family experienced when they hosted the girls in her home and how it impacted her family. Elaine, if I could tell you that when Hadil walked into our home, my family was forever transformed. There's a word that we use in our language, it's baraka. And if, if sought after and followed, if you seek out baraka, it can change the trajectory of the whole world because it's just this feeling of goodness and you're doing the right thing and you know raising kids, that's that's an extraordinary thing for them to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I say it all the time that hosting these children did so much more for me and my family and my community. Our community came together in an amazing way. I've never really witnessed our community come together like that. Mm-hmm. Are there any specific examples of, um, of ways that happen, sort of in, in day-to-day things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Hadil... Like, so you're setting, you're, you're somebody with a different set of values comes into your house and you observe them, right? So my boys were really wonderful. All of my kids were. They would bring, whenever they came in, candy, you know, or just something to, you know, make her happy, to put a smile on her face. And I always appreciated that for my children. But in return, like, she would never take it. She would always divide it up equally, 
even if it's like three M&Ms here and there. She'd divide plates for everybody. Her halal marshmallows were her favorite. She'd mm-hmm. cut them up so they were even. She never wanted anybody to get more than the other. Mm-hmm. And witnessing stuff like that, like, it, it'll change you, Elaine, mm-hmm. you know? It's like your kids aren't going to say, hey, that's mine ever again. Right. Do you know? Could you understand that? Yeah. It it had a beautiful impact. Yeah. Hey, that's ours. Mm -hmm. This is for us. Yeah. And in the last month, you co-founded a -hmm. Palestine Children's Relief Fund or PCRF chapter in St. Louis. And you met the co-founder, Randa Zalatimo, Mm -hmm. very recently. Yes. How did you meet Randa, and why did you decide to work together? Um, Randa moved recently from San Diego chapter, where she was involved in that chapter. And she knew that she wanted to continue it, considering the circumstances of what's happening in Gaza now. Everybody just wants to do something, right? Um, she, um, she started searching, and she, was, she thought for sure that we'd have a chapter here in Shamefully, we don't. We didn't. Um, She found my daughter who had done um, a fundraising event for the PCRF a few years ago. It was just like a run or something. She called her up and she says, "Um, you know, my name is this, 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 and I'm here, you know, in St. Louis. And I would really love to, you know, I'm looking for somebody from PCRF. And she says, you know, you called the right person. And she gave her my number. And when she called me, I was like at a moment of despair watching the news, like really, really probably the saddest I've ever been in my whole life. Um, She called me and she says, hey, like I'm new to town and, you know, I understand you have some, some, some history with PCRF and I'd really like to bring it here. And it's like, who was calling me? And this is, you know, it felt like it was a calling. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And we literally stayed on the phone, no words, just crying, both of us. And that's how it started. Mm-hmm. Starting a St. Louis chapter, which, as you said, it did not exist before. Why did you feel compelled to start it now? We're feeling the gravity of what it's going to take not just to rebuild Gaza, but to make the survivors whole again. And I think that um, PCRF is in a unique position to do that. Um, They do it in ways that we love and respect and we've witnessed before and we've experienced before. So it was definitely like there was no question like that we needed to step up and do this. Mm And concretely, that mm-hmm. has meant you know the, the hosting that you did mm-hmm. several years ago. What are some of the other other very specific examples of of making whole again that you've seen? Um, sending Hadil and Bara'a home. Bara'a stayed with her when she came. She was with her mom. So, I um, I did bond with Bara'a. And I was there for her. Her mom cared for her immediate needs. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, the satisfaction of them going home, saying you're going to be okay, you know, the rest is up up to you. Make your life what it is. 
like you send them back with that hope, right? And that that's a very rewarding thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like she, um, Hadil, needed a craniectomy. Like she, it was it was real. And Hadil and Bara'a, just as well, would not have been a functioning adult without her surgery. Mm-hmm. It's a very rewarding experience. Yeah. We're talking with Linda Badran, co-founder of a St. Louis chapter now of Palestine Children's Relief Fund, which is a nonprofit humanitarian organization. And recently, you held a, a fundraising event which took place at the Islamic Foundation of Greater St. Louis. Uh, mm-hmm. This was last month. And clearly there are people who are also investing mm-hmm. In, in making a difference, the effort raised about $300,000 for PCRF. Right. How is it that that money will be used, Linda? Let me talk about that event because as me and Rhonda were just talking and filling out the papers and we got a phone call saying, hey, we're here, we're in St. Louis, we've been planning this for two weeks now, would you like to join us? And it was very touching. Um, in these dire circumstances, these outreach things has more impact than just monetary. Of course, you need the monetary, right, to facilitate, you know, the relief. But the bonds that you make, too, like, they, so many people would say, hey, you know, don't forget us. We want to be included. And this was mainly, mainly the Pakistani Indian community within us. And that was beyond touching for us. And it's common, like we would be like, okay, here's your, you know, your tax. And they say, no, don't want, don't want my, my tax receipt. My tax receipt is with Allah. You know, I'm just doing it for the goodness. And it was very touching to, to witness, to be around. People are feeling the same raw feelings that we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. It's it's tragic, but it's beautiful. So the 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 funds mm-hmm. that were brought yes. together, how will they be utilized? Okay, we were able to dispense six point one million dollars um, in Gaza um, worth of supplies uh, on the ground that were already there um, since the start of the aggression, which include which included hygiene kits toys, hot meals, water supplies, mm-hmm. which is a lifeline when, right now. Right. And that was um, done mostly during the, um, the ceasefire, the, just a few days of a ceasefire. Mm-hmm. Gaza has no supplies left. So, like, it's a search, what do you have, like, where NGOs are working all together in collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you have? What could we get? What could we bring in? And bringing in anything is near, like, it's very, very difficult. Linda, children make up a significant portion of people killed over the last two months mm-hmm. from Israeli airstrikes, um, according to Gaza's health ministry. And that data is uh, deemed reliable mm-hmm. by the UN. And in early November, November 6th, in fact, United Nations officials described the Gaza Strip as, quote, a graveyard for children. What have PCRF volunteers and colleagues 
been sharing about what they're seeing in Gaza, especially about how children are affected. We have 40 employees on the ground in Gaza. Um, they include field workers, social workers, accountants, project managers, coordinators, cancer department specialists, mm-hmm. um, and procurement specialists. Um, I have to tell you that right now they are all in survival mode with their families, with their children, with their elderly parents, basically just trying to survive. We lost contact with many, many of them. We're all very worried about them. I mean, it's a personal relationship that sometimes you talk to them, these people every day. we know that some of them are in shelters, some of them, we, the communication, there is no communication. We really don't know. They are in survival mode. And so many, as we said, are, are, are children who so, are experiencing this. Um, I see the pictures of children and I shudder. And I, I personally just, I have this need to want to hug every one of them. And I I don't have the answers of how how they're going to come out. Obviously traumatized, obviously in survival mode. We have no answers. So all you can do is provide some support. All we could do is be prepared when we're when we're called upon to help, we're going to be prepared and we're going to step up and do it. Mm -hmm. And specifically, PCRF Mm -hmm. is in the, uh, is part of the work of providing medical relief. Mm -hmm. Um, According to the World Health Organization, just 18 hospitals are currently functioning, down from 36 prior to this war. Mm -hmm. And those 18 hospitals are functioning at low capacity. Medical structures that PCRF helped fund or build, were also partially damaged or destroyed by Israeli bombings in the last two months. What are some examples um, of such sites, Linda? So we've had several infrastructure projects in Gaza destroyed or damaged over the past two months. This includes the operating theaters in the Indonesian hospital, which has been badly damaged and closed. It also includes the new operating theater that we were building for organ transplants at the Al-Shifa Hospital. It includes, of course, our pediatric oncology department in Gaza City and the operating theater that we were rebuilding in Al-Aqsa Hospital in central Gaza. All of these projects have been damaged, closed, or stopped as a result of the assault. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? It means hospitals were specifically targeted for maximum pain. Um, And for us, like each one of these things that, each one of these theaters or infrastructure projects meant hard work for so many of us here raising funds, trying to, you know, every few years there's an incursion in in Gaza. And 
we try to stay on top of it by, you know, bettering and fixing and, you know, training and, you know, training the doctors there to better care for the patients, you know. And each one of these things meant so much to us here. Mm -hmm. Like that was hard work. Yeah. Now, prior to the most recent war, trauma levels were high mm-hmm. among kids in yes. Gaza. Yes. Um, in a 2022 study, the nonprofit Save the Children found that 80% of children interviewed showed symptoms of emotional distress. I witnessed um, both of the girls that stayed with us. I witnessed the trauma. I witnessed that if there was a loud sound, like they would... Um, Hadil would, would like freeze and like for several moments like she would not like she would not be there she'd be somewhere else mm-hmm. and uh, witnessing that witnessing that I just can't imagine her going through all all of this all over again mm-hmm. like I can't imagine because just like something dropping or something shattering in the house would put her like would take her somewhere. I don't know where. Mm-hmm. It was hard to watch. Yeah. And from the organizational perspective, what are the high priority short-term goals that PCRF um, has in, in the coming weeks and months? Um, urgently, urgently is to get humanitarian aid to the people of Gaza as soon as we can. That is a short time, a short term. Um, um, There's one million children in Gaza and that is our very top priority is to get them these basic needs. You're looking at not just, um, I mean, you're, you're looking at infection now First aid would be required, infectious disease, other than limbs. We have a, um, a prosthetic program also, um, which I guess the prosthetic program would be more long-term. But immediately, humanitarian relief. Mm-hmm. Even if it, you know, even food water is spares. They don't have drinkable water. Like, it's so inhumane. I want to sort of conclude with a, a question that has to do with the personal experiences that you have had in Palestine. You spent time there mm-hmm. in Palestine as a, as a teenager. How is it that your experience there informed your recent decision, now as an adult many years later, to co-found a local chapter of Palestine Children's Relief Fund? Well, my parents sent me and my sister um, to Palestine to study. And other than we got an education in the language, the religion, reading and writing, I even studied Hebrew. Um, It doesn't compare to the education you get as far as connectivity to the people, to the culture. It's a beautiful culture and people are warm and welcoming and not selfish. And it's just, um, 
you feel you feel a bond and it's a belonging and i once i'm there i it's such a strong thing you can't describe and then um going as a teenager you notice the oppression living under occupation so what do you mean i can't go why can't i go why are these military trucks everywhere what is that what is that military thing flying over us you know uh it makes you appreciate where you live but also appreciate and respect the people living proudly under occupation steadfastly mm-hmm. i don't think that had i gone there that would have that would not have happened and mm-hmm. i would not be who i am today yeah one last note sure so you had said that you've been keeping in contact mm-hmm. with the the two young women now who were here with you and your family when they were receiving medical care um and hadil you said it, her birthday is today is today yeah and she's now 24 mm-hmm. um and the the other young person bara, bara mm-hmm. is now 19 mm-hmm. as you think about the care they received here the relationships that you were able to forge with them um what does it mean to invest in caring for children who in your case they were teenagers when they came like what is what does it mean in the long term thank you for that question elaine so the words heartbreak doesn't do it um devastation doesn't do it nothing describes what i'm feeling nothing i haven't talked to hadil in five and a half weeks today's her birthday it's the first thing i thought of this morning and she would be so upset with me if if, if we didn't speak you know for a few days and you know she'd share you know what she was doing in her life and you know just just that connection and i'm just waiting you know i know the phone services are down and i'm going to stay positive and i i believe in my heart that she's okay but i would have loved to speak with her today mm-hmm. and so more birthdays is yeah part of what what you get out of it mm-hmm. yeah thank you lady Linda Badran is co-founder of the St. Louis chapter of the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. PCRF is a humanitarian non-government organization that started in 1991 to provide injured and ill Palestinian children with free medical care. The St. Louis chapter is part of a volunteer network of 22 chapters worldwide. Today's segment was produced by Aula Kuzis. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group.
you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.